church in here today. We're not dismissing any kids. I want all the kids to be in here. He, brother, I know Brother Danny has no problem, but Brother Danny has been such a blessing to me in my life. And like I said, so many times they would come in Ponderosa to eat, and we'd have church before they could leave. I mean, it was just amazing friendship that we've that God has created between us. And when I called him, I said, Brother Danny, we need, we're having a revival in November. But I said, God is really wanting us to have a revival service before November. I said, can you? I said, I, I know you pastor a church, man. I, I, I just feel guilty about even asking you. But you just tell me no if you can't do it. But we would love to have you on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. And uh, we knew, both of us knew it was God. So Church Street General Baptist Church has been so gracious to loan their pastor to us today and a couple of their congregations here too, just to make sure Danny showed up, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're just thrilled to have all of you with us today. And uh, I'll return the favor sometime whenever we can. So church, get ready for that. If he asks me to come on a Sunday morning, I'm going to return the favor. Praise God. Amen. He may not after seeing me act up this morning. I don't know. Praise God. Um, everybody remember when we first started the church, uh, we were renting from Freddie Gunn. And, of course, he passed away. Uh, his wife's sister's husband, Dennis, they just we just got word, has just passed away uh, from cancer. So we need to pray for them right now. Uh, they, just, they just called us to have prayer for them. So, uh, Father, we just thank you, God, that we can come to you with anything at any time. God, we speak comfort right now to... That whole family, Father, we, we thank you, God, for Lindy and for Brenda and all of that family. Father, we just speak comfort to them. Dennis's wife, God, God, we ask you just to touch them, God, surround them. Father, you said you would send a comforter, and you have. And, God, we thank you for that. Put your arms around this family. Love them today. Love them today. Love these children. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Love this whole family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, Brother Danny, you come. You have your liberty. Man, you do whatever you feel like doing. The service is yours, and we'll just follow your lead the rest of the service. Is that okay, church? Somebody say amen. Can we stand to our feet and welcome this man of God today? Amen, Brother Danny Green. Well, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and so good to see all you good folks that's come today to be with us, and so honored uh, to have this privilege to stand behind this sacred desk and to preach the Word of God. I love your pastor. I have, as he's already mentioned, for a number of years, and he and I uh, developed a friendship uh, that uh, has just been solid from day one, and I'm so privileged to be with him and his family in service this morning. Appreciate some folks that's come from our church to be here today. We're thankful for that. Um, he said that the church was giving up a, a, their pastor today, but I'm pretty sure they're probably excited today that I'm not there, uh, to be honest with you. But I've been there 27 years now, uh, almost 28 years at the same church. Uh, we began that church in 1986. Uh, December the 1st was our first service. We had uh, 12 people, kids and all, uh, that we began with there at uh, Little Church in Bremen. Uh, there was a lot of good churches in the area, but... Uh, I was pastoring a little church in, in Browder up in the south end of the Muhlenberg County, and and uh, a man approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in pastoring at Bremen, where I lived. And I said, of course, but there's no door open there. I've attempted to, uh, to see if there was something open there, and God just simply closed the doors there. And so 
I don't know of a place that's looking for a pastor. And he said, I'm talking about a new work. And I'd always said that I really didn't think I'd do something like that, but uh, the Lord began to deal with me about it, and sure enough, that's what he wanted me to do. So we began there in 1986, December the 1st. Uh, I was a young preacher. I'd only been preaching about three years or so. Um, and I asked God, what in the world would you want me to do that's not already being done there? I'm not anything, and I don't know anything, and um, who am I? I had uh, lived a life. I'd been on drugs and drank and, and was an ungodly fellow for a number of years. Uh, when I first got in church, I had long hair down the middle of my back and had a beard, and, and uh, I was pretty ragged looking. And uh, I'd changed on the inside, and some of the outside was changing as well. But uh, I questioned God about all of that, and he said, I want you to tell folks what I've showed you and show them the kind of love that I've showed you and let them know that if I saved you, I can save them. And that's been our message there for over 27 years. And uh, to give God all the praise, I, I don't know, we got, I think something like 460 members now or something like that, but uh, it's crazy. Now, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see some of them. I said, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see some of them. But, uh, but I said all that so I could kind of lead you into the message that I feel God's leading me to preach this morning. Um, Sometimes I think we decide what the church should look like, what it should consist of. Sometimes we do that. Uh, you see a lot of churches that you go in and visit, and everybody looks the same, everybody acts the same, everybody talks the same, because that's the kind of people they want, people that are just like them. But God, in his love and mercy for the whole world, gave his only begotten son to die for us on a cross. And ain't you glad? He said, whosoever will, let them come. Didn't matter who you were, no matter what you come from, no what kind of life you lived, he said, "Come." And it was because of a 19-year-old boy that had been called to preach that wore long-sleeved shirts to hide the needle marks that were still in his arms. They came to a little revival service in Bremen, Kentucky, all them years ago, and there I sit in that pew, drugs running through my veins. There, because people had aggravated me so that I finally said, "I'll go one night." And there I sat on that Wednesday night, third row back on the right side of the church, on the very end of the pew, and he preached the entire message giving his testimony about how God had saved him from drugs and alcohol, and he said, if God saved me, he can save you. And here we are all these years later, and uh, God's still sending the same message through me to me. That's, your, that's, your, that's what you should tell the world. And I'm here this morning to read to you from the book of Second Chronicles, the Old Testament, Second Chronicles in chapter 2. And I want to talk to you about how God is building a glorious church. Second Chronicles chapter 2. I know you've been standing, but if you wouldn't mind standing with me for the reading of God's word this morning. In verse number 1 of Second Chronicles chapter 2. And Solomon determined to build a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. And Solomon told out three score and ten thousand men to bear burdens and four score thousand to hew in the mountain and three thousand and six hundred to oversee them. And Solomon sent to Huram the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father and didst send him cedars to build him a house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build a house to the name of the Lord my God to dedicate it to him. And to burn before him sweet incense, and for the continual shewbread, and for the burnt offerings, morning and evening. 
on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the solemn feasts of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. And the house which I build is great, and for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven of heaven cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Send me now therefore a man cunning to work in gold, and in silver, and in brass, and in iron, and in purple, and in crimson, and blue, that can skill to gray with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem, whom David my father did provide. Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, algum trees out of Lebanon, for I know that thy servants can skill to cut timber in Lebanon. And behold, my servants shall be with thy servants, even to prepare me timber in abundance. For the house which I am about to build shall be wonderful great. And behold, I will give to thy servants the hewers that cut timber, twenty thousand measures of beaten wheat, and twenty thousand measures of barley, twenty thousand baths of wine, and twenty thousand baths of oil. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I come to you this morning in the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus, and I give you praise this morning for the privilege I have to be in your house and to be among your people, to feel the wonderful spirit of the, of the living God in this place among us this morning, knowing that you've come for but one purpose, to move in our lives and to do a great work in this place today. I don't know the hearts of people that are here today, Father God, but I'm glad that you do. And I'm glad that you know already what I should say and what I should preach. I'm glad, Father God, you have prepared the table and made things ready for the preaching of your precious word. So God, anoint me your humble servant as I stand again to preach and proclaim this gospel. God, there's no one on planet earth more unworthy than myself to stand where I'm standing this morning. But for the grace of God, I stand today in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's upon me, Father God, I know will I Allow me to say what needs to be said. God send old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction in this place, drawing every man, woman, boy, and girl that might not be right with you today to these altars to pray. And loving God, when all is said and done, may every voice be raised to give you praise and glory. And may this house, God, be filled with your praises. For the things you are about to do, we thank you in advance. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There was a single mom who was raising a daughter all alone and she had dropped that daughter off at daycare to go to her job where she had to work and provide for her daughter and herself. Everything was fine that morning as far as she knew, but after being at work for several hours, she got a phone call from the daycare and the lady there said, you need to come and get your daughter. She's burning up with fever and we've tried everything we can here and we can't, we can't get it to drop. So this mom frantically left work and jumped in her car and stopped by a drugstore on the way to the daycare to get some medication for her daughter. And in her haste, she locked her car door with the keys inside. She come running back out to find that her car was locked and she couldn't get in. Worried about her daughter needing to get there as quick as she could, she just looked up to heaven and said, God, please help me. Just as she'd finished her prayer, she heard this motorcycle coming into the parking lot and she looked and it was an old broken down heart of Davidson all wore out the guy on it had real long hair tattoos all over his arms looked really really rough she thought and he pulls in the side there and parks and as he starts to go toward the store she says sir could you please help me he said what's the matter ma'am 
She said, I've locked my keys in my car. My daughter's at daycare burning up with fever, and I need to get to her quick as I can. Can you help me? He looks around in the parking lot and finds an old coat hanger. Somebody straightened out probably for that same purpose. And he rests down and grabbed that thing. Within two minutes, he had that door unlocked. She said, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're such a good man. He said, no, ma'am, I'm not a good man. Matter of fact, I just got out of prison yesterday. She said, oh, my, what was you in jail for? He said, for stealing cars. <laughs> she threw her hands up and said, thank you, Lord, you sent me a professional. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> the, the truth is probably most folks would have looked at man and thought I'm not going to call on him for help huh some of us we look at people and decide who we think is good or who we think is worthy or who we think is good enough for church or good enough for God but honey God's built a church a glorious church a church without spot and without blemish God is calling people out of the world to be his servants and to help him build this house. Just as Solomon, and, and we don't oftentimes read much in the Old Testament these days especially, but in the New Testament we find all kind of typology. God's showing us things about how he wants us to do things today and giving these things that we read as an example of how we ought to do things for him today in this day we live. And here is a great example of how to build a church. Solomon wanted to build God a house, but he thought, who can build God a house? How great is our God, and he can't dwell in a house, but this is just a place to give him sacrifice and to give him praise. And, and so, even in that, how can I ever think about doing this? And he thought about the men that he had that was skilled and cunning and gifted to build, but he knew even those men were limited because this was a house that had to be beyond anything anybody had ever seen before. The greatest house that had ever been imagined to be built. And so he knew what to do. His father had built a great house for him to dwell in. So he thought, I need to go to that same king, Huram. Because he knows how much we love God. And he'll help me with timbers and with the things that I need. But he's also got men there that are skilled to work in gold and in silver and in, and, and, and engraving that wood. And, and so I'm going to ask him to send his skilled laborers that can work alongside our labors so we can build this house. So in other words, he said, I know that I, I need to go out and find helpers and workers. And they may not be the same uh, as me. They may not be just like us, but they still have gifts that they can offer. Things that they can do that we can't do. And so in building this glorious church, God's calling people out. Some of them are still in the hedges and the highways and are hid somewhere in obscurity, waiting to be called of God to go to work for him. Sadly, a lot of church folks will never go to them because they don't feel like that's folks they want or folks they need. But God told me, Danny, I want you to build a church that has an open door that whosoever will can come in here, no matter what they've done. We have a fellow in our church that joined years ago, and at one time he was one of the biggest dealers in the area. He had one of the biggest grow houses for marijuana that they'd ever seen in the state of Kentucky. When they found him and arrested him, they even brought DEA agents from around the country to see this man's operation that was just outside of Bremen. Huge operation. This man spent two cents in prison. 
Now he's saved in our church. Amen? <laughs> but right on the other side of the building, there's a young man who helps us pastor there from time to time, right across the building from him. And he told me when he saw him come down the aisle and get his heart right with God and let him join the church, he said, Danny, I hope he don't remember me. Because I was flying helicopters for the task force and I landed in his yard and we loaded up his stuff. Amen. <laughs> Diverse, you see. In the back of the church, we got a family that's both school teachers and I've known them all their lives and I've never known them to do one thing wrong their whole lives. Got some of the smartest two kids I've ever seen in there. They're just intelligent beyond belief, almost geniuses. And they sit right there in the same church and worship the same God. Yeah. Are y'all starting to get this? You see, it doesn't matter where you are or where you've been or what you've done. God is a God that can change you and make you new and use you in his service. Whatever gift you have, whatever talent you have, God will use that. For the longest time, I said, God, who am I? You know my life. I've, I've drugged and I've drank and I've lived so ungodly. And most folks in this little town know me and remember me. And that's still the Danny they remember. How can I do that? How can I now pastor? How can I now preach? How can I do these things? But God said, son, don't be ashamed of where I brought you from. Because in all of your life, even in all the mistakes you made and all the things you did wrong, I was grooming you and getting you ready for what you're doing right now. Yeah. You see, I've had, I've had grown men knock on my front door. And when I opened the door, they were so drunken, they fell in the floor in my house. When they finally got up where I could get them in the house and set them down, they would tell me horror stories. One in particular, I remember this morning, that was drinking between two and three cases of beer a day. His wife had, she was done. She was finished with him. And he said, Danny, I need help. I said, son, I know where you're at. He said, that's why I'm here. I know you know. I know you've been there. You see, we want to sometimes hide from who we were and what we've done wrong in life. But God is saying, hey, listen, those things, even though I didn't lead you down that road, you went down that road, but I can use you now because of what you've learned and what you've been through and what you know I can do. And you see, church, don't you know that God we serve is more about showing his grace than he is showing up people that look better to him than others do? That's what's wrong now. There's too many people in church that think they're better than everybody else. I'm pretty sure, I don't care who you are today, if you're a feller, you put your pants on one leg at a time just like I, unless you're real gifted. I don't know how you, how you do that. <laughs> Amen. I just said that so some of y'all smile. It looks like it's, I'm hard on you already, ain't I? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't roll over. <laughs> you see, this is a glorious church. Amen. A glorious church. You see, the Bible says in Corinthians that ye are the temple of God. Amen. Honey, he's building a church, but it's not with stick and wood. It's not with brick and mortar. It was saints of God that will say, Lord, I'll do my part. I'll take my place. Peter says, ye are lively stones built up a spiritual house under God. Glorious into his name. You see, that's what God's trying to build. While there's so many down on earth trying to build ministries for themselves and build works for themselves so they can say, look what we've done. God is saying, that's why I haven't put my blessings on it. And that's why I haven't favored it. Because you are trying to build something about you. But this thing has to be about him. Amen. 
That's why I think he's calling folks out like me. Who knows if any good comes from anything we do, give God the praise. Amen. If anything is done good that we have our hand on, it has to be because of God. We didn't do it, but he did. Thank God. That's why he's still sending us out into the hedges and the highways, compelling folks to come in. Amen. Because he's wanting to build a church and he's wanting us to be the workers and laborers in it. And we all have gifts that we can offer God. We all have things that we can do that's unique to the person sitting next to you. There's things that you can add to the church that God's trying to build that nobody else can. But you got to be who you are. Here just a few weeks ago, I got a brother in church that's got a big sound system. He sets it up for these big singings. And, and we just did one in Central City here a few weeks ago for their gospel fest. And the Crab family comes and different groups come. And, and this year they had Jeff and Sherry Easter and a bunch of groups. So we did all the sound there and uh, got to see Jeff Easter. I hadn't seen him in a while. They've been to our church several times over the years. And anyway, we got to talking. And Jeff always had this saying that his dad always said. And, and I'll try to say it if I can. He, says, he always says, son, be what you is and not what you ain't. Because if you ain't what you is, you is what you ain't. <laughs> I'll let y'all think about that a few minutes. But, but see, Jeff's daddy told him that saying because Jeff Easter's dad had been in prison as well. And Jeff Easter's dad wrote songs like, Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. But Jeff Easter, after his dad got saved, he felt led of God to go back to those prisons and to witness to people. And he found himself in a prison witnessing to a man. And the man looked him in the eye and said, what do you know? You, it's easy for you to say what God can do and what God's doing for you. That's because you're not inside these four square walls with bars like I am. Jeff Easter's dad looked at him and said, yeah, but I have been. What are you talking about? He said, son, God set me free long before I got out of this prison. He said, see that name on the wall right there? That's mine. I was in this very same cell. Huh? You see, some folks, they don't want to know about where you want to lead them to until they know where you've been. They don't want to know, they don't want to know about all the good things that God has for them until they know that you've experienced that and know about it yourself. Even if you ain't never done anything really wrong in your life, you still had to receive the grace of God to be saved. Amen. Sin is still sin. There's no levels of sin. Amen. Even though you might look down on somebody because they own drugs, honey, you ain't no better than they are. Amen. Hallelujah. Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad God don't look at us like we look at others? And so when you look at God building a church, you'll see all kind of patchwork. Man, you'll see this and you'll see that and you'll see this one and that one. And you'll think, my goodness, what a diverse bunch of people that is. But isn't that how God always works? Because when he builds a church, honey, he builds it right. I prayed the same prayer at Church Street for 27 years. You know what I prayed? God send who we need and keep away who we don't. <laughs> Amen. I also prayed another prayer when he called me to preach. I said, let me always preach so simple the smallest child can understand me. And secondly, always keep me humble so I'll never get to thinking I'm anything. And oh, he's been faithful. Amen. <laughs> he's been faithful. The truth is God wanted me to be on the same level as everybody on planet Earth because I am. Because I am. That's why in Corinthians, he says to abide in the calling wherein ye are called. Huh? Let, let me read that to you this morning. Abide in the calling wherein ye are called. That's in 1 Corinthians in chapter 7 and verse 20. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. 
Art thou being called a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servants. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men, brethren, that every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. Be who you are. Be who you are. What's the old song? Just as I am without one plea. The song was about written by a lady who had lived a life of prostitution that had gone so far that she couldn't go another day and finally cried out to God just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me I've got nothing to offer you she's saying I've made a mess of my life everything is in pieces everything is broken I remember that night sitting in that little church and I weighed 135 pounds soaking wet long hair beard I'd done about every drug there was at that time lived so ungodly my wife she had prayed for me and prayed for me until she's about to give up I'd come home sometime 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning she'd be sitting on the couch tears running down her face eyes red where she'd cried all night long God get him home safe God get his attention God please I know you got something for him I know you got something you want to do with his life please get a hold of him night after night I'd finally get so mad I said quit praying for me just leave me alone she's making it where I wasn't enjoying things like I used to by praying like that miserable mess had a little daughter and she'd grab my britches leg daddy please please go church me and mama now honey mama mama's going and I want you to go daddy can't go but I want you to grab that bridge's leg every Sunday daddy please daddy please but you know why you know why I couldn't go couldn't find myself going because at 16 years old I'd walk down the aisle and got things right with God but I backslid and got away from him and you know the scripture says if you don't fill that house with his spirit seven other more wicked will come back and inhabit that house that's what happened to me I was seven times or did things I swore I'd never do swore I'd never do but that's what's the end of so here I was now and you know why I couldn't go to church with them because I thought I'd gone too far I'd crossed the line I'd done too much you know where I got that opinion church folks You don't think I could tell how they looked at me? You don't think I could feel when I walked into a store? Huh? When I drive down the road in that old Camaro of mine? You don't think I could tell how church people felt about me? And I thought, man, if they feel that way, that must be how God feels. I don't know what y'all was expecting this morning, but I come with what he gave me, and that's all I got. <laughs> be careful how you look at people. Uh, be careful how you judge people. Uh, some of them folks, man... May one day stand in the house of God and preach the glory of God. They may stand one day before one of your children and lead them to Jesus at an altar. Amen. You never know what God's up to. I was telling you, pastors, I try to close this morning. We uh, we started that little church out on Church Street there in Bremen. 
It was an old Presbyterian church that had been there over 100 years, and they built this new building we had bought from them in 1960, I think, or 58, maybe. And uh, we got the average in 200 people on Sunday morning, so and we could only seat 186 with everything we had out. So finally we knew we had to do something, so we, we built a new building outside of, just outside the little town of Bremen there. We had, uh, I'd heard God tell me. I'd prayed about kids. We, our some of our young people had grown up and, and went to college and was going to jobs and weren't coming to church there anymore. They moved off. And I said, God, we need some more kids. And he said, Danny, you don't have enough room for what I'm about to do. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> but he spoke into my spirit. Start looking for 10 acres. I thought, 10 acres? Why in the world do we need 10 acres? I didn't tell my wife. I thought, it's so crazy. But I knew what he said. So I'd drive around Bremen. I'd see a piece of property I thought might be for sale. I'd get out and stand on it. Nope, this ain't it. Drive off. So finally God put me on this piece of property. I knew it was it. Come to find out it was going to be auctioned at the courthouse square. And we went up there, one of our members and myself, and he bid for us, and we bought that property. And we built this church. When I left there, we went to the property because we were so excited. Couldn't wait to stand on it knowing that it belonged to us, that we were going to build God a house. When I pulled up in the little driveway where this old farmhouse was and barns and chicken coops and just an old farm, a little over 13 acres there, probably wasn't a, wasn't a mile from where we were. I seen a car sitting up there by the old house, and when I when we got closer up to it, I could see it was a lady and her husband. And she was a daughter of the man who owned that property, an old farm there. She grew up on her whole life. I'd known her my whole life. They'd owned a Lake Venus there in Bremen. And my mama worked there in the concession stand. All of us kids growed up working there our whole life. So I'd known this lady my whole life. Loved her. Still love her. There she sat. Tears running down her face. As soon as I got out of the car, I ran straight to her and grabbed her and hugged her. I said, Anna, I'm so sorry. We bought your home place and I know you're sad. She said, oh no, Danny. That's not what these tears are about. She said, when I was a little girl, my daddy was taking me by the hand and walked me over this farm. And I can still remember him saying, honey, one day there'll be a church on this property. When they were pouring the footers for that church, I took Bibles and put in every corner, every corner down the footer. That man's grandson that owned that farm come to me and said, would you do me the honor? I have my granddaddy's Bible. Would you put it in the corner? I said, yes, I will. Yes, I will. I can't tell you. I can't begin to tell you what all God's are doing. But my buddy over here, Eddie Puckett, we got hooked up a long time ago, back, back when I was still a mess, to be honest with you. Man, they come, Harry and Beth come walking to church one Sunday. One of the couples that was coming said, man, I got a good friend knows you. I said, you're kidding. No, he said, he said he knows you. I said, what's his name? He said, Eddie Puck. I said, oh, my God. He said, they're going to come with us some Sunday, and they have, and they've been there ever since. Oh, my goodness, I can't tell you the blessings and the gifts that God just keeps pouring into me. Now, I told you all what I was, right? Huh? Does y'all think that sounds like somebody ought to be blessed? No. Honey, God, I'm going to close. But God doesn't bless us because we're good. God blesses us because he's good. 
come worthy you are. Don't tell me what you've done wrong. What you've done wrong, God can make right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Y'all that ain't standing, stand with us this morning. All come and give us some music this morning. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! Done preached out and shouted out already the first service. I'm already full. Running over. Huh? How good is God? You try him out, honey, and you'll find out. He's better than what you could imagine this morning. Like every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. Just a moment. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Nobody looking around. Maybe you're here this morning. The devil's been telling you you ain't good enough. Maybe the, maybe the world's been telling you you ain't good enough. You've got nothing to offer. You've got nothing that you can give. But, honey, I tell you, God is seeking you out. He's looking for skilled workers and I'm telling you, you've got something to offer. There's something you can do for the kingdom of God. Honey, God's calling you this morning. Quit giving excuses. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And let God be God. He can take what's wrong and make it right in your life. I can tell you, honey, I tried to quit drugs. I tried to quit that mess and I couldn't no matter how hard I tried. But when Jesus come in, all that went out and glory flooded my soul and thank God I'm still on the fire line after all these years they said I'd backslide they said I'd fall away I was too wicked and too evil but honey they wouldn't think about the God that I serve he was bigger than any problem that I had and he's bigger than any problem you have you just need to give it to God this morning give it to God Maybe while heads are bowed out of clothes, you'd say, Preacher, yes, pray for me. I know God's calling me, and I know that I need to go to work for him. I know I need to get things right with him. But I've been telling myself, I've gone too far. I've done too much. God can't do it in me. How about lifting your hand right now and say, Yes, Preacher, pray for me. Is there a hand? God bless you, son. I see you. Bless you, hon. I see you. Bless your heart, hon. Bless your heart, hon. I see you. God bless you, son. I see you. My goodness, God bless you, son. God bless you, hon. Some of y'all have been seeing your face the whole morning long. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I can tell you, honey, God sent me here to tell you, don't exempt yourself. Don't, don't disqualify yourself. It ain't over yet. God's got plans for you. Give yourself to him. Trust him this morning. Is there another hand this morning? Slip it out. Preacher, pray for me. God bless you. And God bless you. And God bless you. And God bless you. And God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, neighbors, time to mind God. It's time to slip back to your seat. Quit worrying about what people think. Quit worrying about what the world thinks. Jesus loves you just like you are. Let him clean you up. Let him take what's wrong and make it right. Let him be God in you this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you proclaiming the good news that the gospel of Jesus Christ has come to save the whole world of their sin. Oh, God, there's folks that's lifted their hands. So many that I cannot count. But, God, I'm so glad you saw each hand. And more importantly, you know every heart. And you know what to do with what's wrong in their life. Jesus, I give this all to you. Oh, if I could do something about it, I would. But all I can do is lay these precious souls at your feet today at the cross where you willingly gave yourself that they might be saved. God, let this be a day of renewal, of refreshing, of a revival spirit that breaks out. That'll go all the way through November and beyond. And it will see a move of God, a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost that will forever change us and challenge us to be what we ought to be in the service in the house of God. Have your way today, we pray, and we ask it all in Jesus' glorious name. Amen and amen. While we have a song this morning, come on, neighbor, step out of your seat. Don't you wait one second. You come on right now and find yourself in a place of prayer. There's folks that want to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you.